Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the AWPT podcast. I hope everybody is having an amazing day or week when they are listening to this. Today, I am joined by the amazing Ashley, who is the founder and CEO of MA Services, which is an incredible virtual assistant and personal trainer, fairy godmother. (laughs) Um, and they do a lot of work with trainers in um, enhancing their operations making their lives just that little bit easier but without further ado I would love to introduce Ashley and get her to tell us a little bit about herself and her story and MA services hello (laughs) thank you for having me Um, yeah so basically we are a creative agency we have transitioned a couple times but we started off as a virtual administration agency and we've moved into the creative space obviously with the demand of social media and creatives so that's where we sit a little bit about me um I actually am not from the fitness industry MA is my first time in the industry um I am from a disability psychology background so I have extensive skills and extensive experience in the deinstitutionalization of psychiatric institutions around New South Wales so that was my previous role um very 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 different I know that but I was in charge of operations staff management um and basically handling large groups of people. That was my specialty. Um, a lot of a lot of staff as well. At, at one point, I think there was about 150 underneath me. So learning how to manage that was pretty intense. And then a couple of years ago, I think MA has been open for a year and a half. I did six months as a sole trader. So in, I'm not not even too sure when that would be, 2020, the start of 2021, I took a break. I left my job um, in my career and I wanted a little bit of a break. Um, Very, very young. I took on that role at 23. So it was really intense and I burnt out quite a lot. And I just took a break and I was working casually. And at that time, the WBFF for the April 2021 show was in full swing. And I started following a lot of the competitors. I was just loving following the journey. It was my favorite thing. I think I joined the week before peak week. I started following heaps of people. And that's really where it started. So I started following coaches. I've always had a huge interest in the fitness and health industry. I knew that I wanted to work with it, but I didn't know how I wanted to work with it um, because obviously my skill set lies somewhere else and always been a huge consumer of it. And then one day I was at work and I was scrolling through my Instagram page and just, you know, clicking the screen being like, okay. And I came across a post from a coach that said, does anyone know how to make a spreadsheet? And I kept clicking past it and then my gut just said, go back, like, go back, you know how to make one. I made a spreadsheet and the rest is history. That's how it started. Um, Word of mouth took off. I had some coaches following my personal account. And within four months, I had a full functioning business. I could see that there was a place for it in the market. And that's really how it began. It 
it was kind of luck. It was a lot of luck. I do believe there was luck involved at the time we were going through COVID and the market was changing immensely with online coaching becoming a huge thing. Um, but just identifying that huge gap and that's how we launched. So it was an accident, but started feeling my fire in that sense. And then here we are 16 months later. Wow. I love that. I love that. I think the sort of organic progress of the business and the growth of your business in the last year and a half to think it's only been, yeah, sort of 16, 18 months is incredible because I mean, being a part of the AWPT community, I know so many coaches that have used your services Mm -hmm. and it's just blown up because it's, as you said, something that is, well, the, the services that you offer and started with and are moving into are all services that, you know, coaches need and trainers need, but don't necessarily know how to do or don't have the time to do. And that's something that we talk a lot about on this podcast is working within your zone of genius and, you know, outsourcing where you can and where you need to. And I think a lot of coaches obviously go into coaching because they love exercise, they love programming, they, you know, love working with people, they love working with clients, and they don't necessarily know all of the foundations or fundamentals of actually running a business and the logistics of it and the operations of it. And, you know, it's so important if you want to stay within, you know, within the fitness industry and working in the fitness industry to understand those things so that you can optimize your business as a business and not just as a coach as well. So I think you are, you guys are doing amazing things for the industry. And so you said you started, you know, with this whole idea of building spreadsheets and um, and doing more of those sort of administrative tasks. How has that, I guess, evolved to what you're doing now? So I will give context to explain the different areas of my business now to provide a bit of solid understanding of it. So we currently have five divisions and we have graphic design, um, which is obviously a huge part of our business. We have the FitBiz Fundamentals, which is an online education course. That's its own little area. We have virtual administration, which is really the monster of the business that we're known for. Um, And then we've got business assets and products. So that's the MyFitnessPal guide, Trainerize How To guide, the value adding products. And then our final division, which we are launching in January, is the Passive Income Project, where we are a turnkey service provider for an international training app. And we build out the back end of their apps for them to provide coaches with a passive income source. So we've been blessed to have that opportunity. And it's just to give a little bit of context because we are such a versatile business. There's so many areas of us where people can come to at different parts in their journey, which creates a really great customer lifetime with us. Um, They're with us for a long period of time. But really how it started is I was, I guess I was strategic in a way where if someone asked me for something, I'd create it. And then I would get on the stories and I would say, does anyone else want this? And it was a natural, it was a natural role on effect. If someone wanted something, I would create it and then see if anyone else wanted it. And if there was demand, then I would push with it. So it was honestly just listening to the clients. I've always been super customer centric um, and anything that they necessarily need, I provided in the way at the start because I didn't really know what we were. It was more just a, you know, here I am, I'm a sole trader. Um, And then I had the idea one day to create my fitness power guide. 
And I know that this is a bottleneck for a lot of coaches. I know that explaining how to track is just one of the most difficult things that you could come across, especially when you get so frustrated because you know how easy it is, but the new client is like, oh my goodness, I don't know how to do this. What's going on? So that's where that came. And my the My Fitness Power Guide was honestly the catalyst of how all the divisions exploded because once we launched a guide, there was demand for more guides. And then um, once we got that, there, there was a product division that grew within itself. And with the spreadsheets, there was demand for, hey, do you have anyone that can create a logo to put on the spreadsheet? And obviously that grew an organic demand for graphic design. And then one day one of our clients said, hey, do you do ongoing virtual admin for clients. I was like, oh, not not really. Like we only do one-off services. And um his name's Kev and he was with us for a year and we we still love him. We still talk to him all the time. Um that that was like I was like, okay, well there's an option to bring on virtual assistants. I had a little bit of research and I knew that there weren't any not that there weren't any, but there was very minimal specific fitness-based virtual assistants in the industry. And I was like, oh, we could probably go somewhere with this. And I just listened to the demand and here we are. This is how all the divisions created and evolved. And now they're all just divisions of their own. And I like to consider them as their own little businesses because they do have their own little areas and that's how we've built it out. So that's kind of how it came to be. It's honestly just listening to the client, expanding to everything that was within our scope. Everyone that knows us knows that we're known for three things. It's adding value, saving time and operations really heavy on and everything just fell together. So it's kind of like a bit of a puzzle piece. But when you think about it, it all makes sense to have every area. Absolutely. And and tell me a little bit about what a virtual assistant or the virtual administration is that you do and how that can help personal like personal trainers leverage, you know, your service. So virtual admin is a monster in itself. There's so much that an assistant can do that it's really hard to actually identify tasks. And there's two ways that we can talk about this. There is providing a coach with more time so they can get their life back. Um, We've had many instances where coaches have come to us really burnt out, had to let go of the reins and then let us take up the tasks that aren't in their scope of work. And the way that I like to explain this, just like you explain your, um, what is it, genius? Your yeah, zone of genius. Yeah, zone of genius um, is whatever you're cre- accredited for, whatever you're qualified for, you can't palm that off. Everything else in business can be given to someone else. And that's what we do. We take away the jobs that cause the most stress, the most burnout. And a lot of the time that's social media, content creation, PDF creation, course creation, general onboarding, client management, client payments, everything that really takes up all of your time. That's what we do. Um, and that's really the start of the journey. There's there's a lot of different journeys that we offer, but that's the start. And then once we start making the business run, uh, the client's business run like a machine, that's when you can actually put us to work on your passive income sources or your growth plans, or I want to launch a course in six months where you can start doing the research for you. So there really is a different process at the time that you come in with us. Um, and something that we are very specialized in is the auditing of operations. So in the first four weeks of business, This is something that we're bringing in. If you come to us, me and the VA manager will actually go through and audit your processes and automate up your processes for you and say, this is what's working, this is what isn't. Um, So it's a really hands-on effort. 
And basically, it's just whatever you don't want to do, we can do for you as long as it's in our scope of work. Um, and that's really what it is. We we try to compile lists and we try to have areas. But every time you speak to one of our VAs, they're doing something different for another client. So really, whatever isn't in, isn't in your scope, we can do. And the best part about having a fitness-based VA is you don't have to teach us what all the lingo means. You don't have to teach us how the systems work. You don't have to explain to us what check-ins are and how to manage your clients. We already know all of this. It's just a matter of adapting it to the way that you operate with your business. Yeah. And I absolutely love that because as you said, you know, there's, there's certain things that as coaches, you know how to do um, and, you know, when people are starting out within their coaching business, you know, they're, they're wanting to help people They're but they're wanting to help people in terms of actually prescribing exercise and, and being with them in the gym. And in order to grow, you need to be spending your time doing that. But then equally in order to grow, you need to have processes and operations that are going to be streamlined and automated that you don't necessarily know how to do as a coach unless that you don't have necessarily a business degree or you know an operation sort of sort of background and so it's really hard unless you've got people like you know MA and, and your team or you know other people in your life that that work in business or work in logistics or work in operations to know where to even begin when it comes to setting up your business you know you've got this idea and then it's like okay now what <laughs> I know how to coach but I don't know how to run a business um, and yet yeah, I think that's something that you guys do really, really well is that you've got so many different places for coaches to start, whether that's, you know, your fitness course or whether that's the, the eBooks that you bring out or, you know, the passive income streams or doing that auditing process for them. And you can, you know, tell them <laughs> if they don't know what they need to be doing better, then that's what you're there for as well. Exactly. And as you said, you become a coach because of your love for the job. You don't become a coach because of the love of a business owner. But at the end of the day, you need to be a business owner and there needs to be a responsibility and you can easily hand it off and have someone to assist you. I truly, truly believe that the only way to grow a business is to have a team. And although you might see the team on the front end, have contractors, have consistent people that are coming in and helping you. Jump on the marketplaces such as Upwork and Fiverr and type in the job that you need because it will pop up and it will be cheaper at a cheap rate and it will help you out. And there's been so many instances where I've done that and it's automated my systems as well. So um, there's definitely that and there's definitely the understanding of working for your business or on your business. And this is what a lot of people get confused by is when you're jumping in and you're face-to-face PT is actually a really great um, example of this because we take on a lot of clients who are face-to-face and they want to transition into the hybrid model and that's perfectly fine. But that transition phase is going to take a lot of pull because you need to work on your business. So a lot of the time coaches are accepting, you know, 40 hours a week in the gym and then wondering why they're burnt out because they won't give out up the task, you could easily put a VA in there, get them to run your social media, and then start onboarding the clients. And when you start onboarding clients in the online space, you can start dropping them in the face-to-face space mm-hmm. and free up your time. So it's just a matter of being strategic with it and understanding that you don't need to do it alone. And we all get so caught up in working for the business that we actually forget to work on it. And that's a lot of the reason why we get stagnant with our growth. 
Absolutely. And I think you um, and your team at NMA Services just in particular has sort of been a testament to that in the way that you guys have been able to grow over the last you know 18 months um which is yeah incredible so first of all I suppose congratulations <laughs> on the amount of growth that you've had um but what has that growth meant for you as both a business owner but also you know on an operational front with growing a team yeah <laughs> it's a yeah. lot um honestly it uh it is my first time in business it's my first time being a business owner and it is so hard and I think it's really not for everyone. Um, some of the times you're like, I don't even think this is for me anymore. Like, I don't know if I can do this. But, yeah, we have been extremely lucky in the last year. We've had some significant mm -hmm. growth, which is really incredible for us. Mm -hmm. um, but um, regarding operationally, I think the thing that really assisted me with the growth of the business was hiring as soon as I could. I had, I was alone for three months. I hired my first contractor, who's now one of my staff members. I hired my second contractor two weeks after her, and then my third contractor three weeks after her. And now they're all permanent part-times on my team. They're all on my team permanently. Um, and as soon as I could, I hired. I didn't even look at of course, I looked at the profit, but I didn't even look at it as I want to keep this money. It was more I need to invest this money back into my business to grow. And operationally, that's how it really changed because I had five more people to do the work with me. And really, we grew from that that um, snowball effect. Um, operationally, it's been really difficult. We've grown out of systems. We've opened up new areas. Even today with our new division, so much stuff is happening and going wrong and we need to fix it and it's putting out fires. But a lot of the first year for us was definitely putting out fires. But I've always been true to what I preach and I focus on my systems. I focus on my operations and I make sure that they're clean and tidy and that I've honestly think that's had the significant impact in our growth um, because I hired everyone writes the system down we all know what to do we move forward and that's really it's kind of like a really great machine for us um, but yeah it it's I you don't really think about the growth when you're in the position I look at it now and I'm like oh this is just normal and I get a lot of comments they're like no it's incredible and I'm like cool <laughs> this is so normal for me because I'm so stuck in the mud with work and it's, I love what I do and I read there's no trick to growth and I get a lot of questions about that it's what's your tip and it's, it's just what I preach focus on your operations focus on your systems work really hard I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of work you need to put into a business um it's not just work a couple hours a week it's work 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day sometimes. I have weeks where I don't leave my computer. I don't have a step count. And then I have weeks where I chill out a little bit more. Um, but it all comes with the growth and growth does bring a lot of challenges, that's for sure. But but, you know, I really love what you're saying about, you know, embodiment and practising practicing what you preach. And I suppose as, you know, a business owner, particularly in the um in the realm that you're in, in terms of assisting other business owners, I think it's, I'd imagine it's really helpful because you understand what it's like to be a business owner and you understand what it, what it takes to grow and what it takes to operate and what it takes to manage a team. And so you can then 
you know, empathize or explain or, um, or understand where, you know, the coaches that you're working with are coming from when they say, you know, that they're burnt out or they need help with the operations because you're doing it from your perspective of growing your own business as well. Yeah, I, um, I definitely can empathize. And I think that's also one of our strengths because I, I'm not a coach. So I teach people business. Like I help people with their businesses. I don't help them as a coach, but a lot of the time I think what really, really assists us is one, we've had the growth. We, the methods that we are using are obviously working because we've had the growth. But secondly, I don't glamorize it. Business owning is not, it's not glamour. It's not, it's nothing like that. It's lonely. It's exhausting. I spend so much time by myself. You lose friends. You go through a huge transition in life where you you can't really relate to people because the only thing that you can really talk about is work. And I pretty much give reality talks to people and I'm like, this is what you're in for. Like, it's really, really difficult. Yes, it's amazing. And when you have your highs, it's absolutely incredible. There's nothing better than knowing you have a great team and you're your own boss, but it also comes with the challenges. And I think I've always been a testament to that. I always tell the people, people that come to us, prospects that come to us, it's hard. And you've got to, it's going to be a long-term relationship. You're going to have to expect to make no money for the first three years. And I think when you tell people that, and then when they're actually following your journey of growth, that's where the trust starts to build with your clients. So. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's definitely not all sunshine and rainbows. And I think often when people come into business or decide that they want to work for themselves, you know, we see these, you know, entrepreneurs in quotation marks on Instagram, you know, talking about working at the beach or, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, and we, we see that and we're like, okay, cool. I'll just start my own business and then I'll do that as well. Or like I'll work for myself and then I'll have so much free time. And, you know, especially with the coaching industry going from the transition of working fully face-to-face and then in the last few years, a lot of people have gone online thinking, oh my God, this is going to be so great. I'm going to spend less time in the gym. I'm going to have more time to myself, all of this kind of stuff. And then they realize, okay, I can take on more clients. And so they do. And then all of a sudden their whole time is taken up again, or they're then being like, okay, how do I fill this extra time that I have? And so they're then doing, you know, all their social stuff as opposed to realizing, okay, I've got this space. Now I can keep it. (laughs) How do I, you know, balance that now? Um, Which I think is really tricky for business owners or people that are passionate about what they do to actually just take a step back and, and hand things over. Of course, it's so difficult. And this is something we run into. You don't want to let go of what you do. And a lot of the time as a coach, you're a sole trader. It's not just a business. It's your entire, you've put your entire soul into it. You you take everything personally because it you've put your blood, sweat, tears, everything you've worked for is in that business. And this is so normally in the VA division. When we have clients come on board, they can be quite resistant to give over tasks. And you've just got to chip away and build the trust. That's all it is. But regarding business life, I think a lot of people do look at it and especially the coaching industry. I posted a post the other day, what it what people think it is like being a coach versus what it's actually like. And it's just the same old school saying, what you see online isn't 
reality. It's really not. And yes, the coaches that you're looking up to who do have that little bit of freedom, I think a lot of the new coaches that come in, they forget that they've chipped away for years to get themselves to that point. And to get yourself to that point, you have to make really strategic decisions. You have to invest in apps, invest in passive income, bring on more staff, expand your brand awareness, get strategic partnerships with companies. And there's multiple things that come into it. And a lot of people do get turned away from it because it is so, so difficult to run your own business. So I think that's where we really come in and we're like, no, like it's going to be okay, but we need to do this, this and this. Um, But yeah, reality is pretty hard. It hits pretty hard. And there are going to be moments when you question yourself, can I do this? Um, But it's, it's honestly worth it. And I think something as well, uh, being a sole trader, there's a lot of, a lot of, what's the right word for it? A lot of people would love to scale their business into an action, into a business where they can hire employees and, you know, make that, make that transition. Um, and there's a lot of talk around that, but I think the fact that we've done it so quickly really helps with coaches trusting us as well because we've been through that process too. So again, we can re- we can be with the coach at the very start of their journey, then we can be with them through that transition process too. So that's really helped out as well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. You you understand the full client journey because you've been there. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about. I guess we've, we've spoken about being a business owner and, and what that, you know, involves, I suppose, on an emotional level, but also on a workload level. Let's sort of like dive into that a little bit deeper and chat about, I guess, for you as, you know, the CEO and as the business owner, what a day in the life looks like for you at the moment. At the moment, because we're in December, it's a little bit different. I'm kind of tying up loose ends, but it is very structured. I think being a business owner, it's just pure consistency I wake up pretty early I mean early for me but in the coaching industry it's not early (laughs) so I wake up at probably six o'clock 6 15 I get up and I read first thing I love reading I think it's really important to educate yourself and then I jump into work at seven I am in New South Wales my team is in Brisbane so I'm an hour in front so that time in the morning I get so much work done on my business so that's when I really work on my finances my um, marketing strategies any contractors I need to follow up with any future projects I need to work on any divisional processes I need to go through launches all of that kind of stuff that's what I get done during that time and then from that throughout the day a lot of it is managing staff um, talking to staff 24 7 so we have a team of nine now so there's a lot of going back and forth with each other um, giving we are we are brand new business so giving advice and working through things together client meetings non-stop you're in a service-based business you can't get away from clients you just need to learn to enjoy them I absolutely love jumping into client meetings it's one of my favorite things um, about really putting in that manual labor then showing up on Instagram is another thing that I do I'm constantly logged into the Instagram I'm the one showing up on the stories I'm the one coming up with the strategies at the end of the day if you want to run an online business you need to show up online so that has been something that I have learned um, the really hard way because it's very scary showing up Um, and then I like to say that I clock off at five but honestly I don't 
I probably have dinner, go for a bit of a walk. I get some training in over lunchtime. And I probably work till eight or nine o'clock most nights and I break my day up and I do have breaks and I'm not going to say that you need to hustle because I don't think hustle is healthy. And some days I work four hours, some days I work 12, but I break my days up with my optimized hours. So in the morning, I'm really productive. And then from like 12 till three, I'm not productive at all. It's like a monkey clapping in my brain. Nothing gets done. And then at six o'clock, I'll come back up again. So that's when I jump back online and get some more work done. So that really works for me. Um, I honestly don't have much time for anything else. I don't really socialize throughout the week. On the weekend, I do sometimes, but it is quite lonely. It's just me and my desk and my laptop. And that is basically every day for me. Yeah, well, I think, as you said, it's sort of about finding what works for you from from an operational perspective of you know the actual working times it's finding what works for you obviously as coaches particularly sort of face to face there are often sort of set hours or you know there's the more peak hours that you know your clients want to train which is obviously the early mornings or the you know later sort of evenings or afternoons and I'm imagining it's sort of the same for you, but in the opposite end of the spectrum, when it comes to working with coaches, you're working in their sort of off hours and therefore you're on hours. And then it's figuring out how that schedule is going to, you know, fit in with you and your life and your team and, and making sure you have some, you know, semblance of boundaries as well, which can also be hard as a business owner who's trying to grow and is also passionate about, you know, the work that they do and cares about, the clients and the service that you're delivering. So I can totally understand how, you know, those working hours, um, especially this time of year, have sort of over overflown a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's not talk about November. That was a big month. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you have to put in the work as well. I think yeah. balance is important. And I, I heard this quote from a lady that is a business coach near me. Her name's Ruby Marsh. And she said, balance is different for everyone. You need to find your balance. You can't look at someone else's balance. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't mind working around the clock. It doesn't bother me, but I know when I've had too much and I'm able to identify that. And boundaries is something I really do struggle with. It was only the other day I received a message at 11 o'clock at night because I forgot to turn my phone on silent. But that's my responsibility for not turning it on silent. And then I worked all night and then I was tired the next day. But that's completely on me. Um, And it has been really difficult finding boundaries as a business owner. And something as well is when I actually launched my business, I was in a new relationship too. So finding boundaries between that was so, so difficult. And I think so many people beat themselves up over it, but you can only get better at it and you can only practice it as well. Something that's really helped me as a business owner is two nights a week, I'll clock off at five o'clock and that's it. Um, two nights a week is nothing. There's still another five, although I try and convince myself that, you know, I need to work them nights and I will just leave my phone at my house and spend time with my partner or go shopping or go for a walk or something like that. And that's really helped with my balance, but it is really, really difficult because you get so triggered so easily as a business owner, you think of something and then you're like, oh my goodness, I need to work. I need to like jump on the computer right now. Um, so it's really hard and it's definitely 
it's definitely practice and a balancing act. I think something that's really helped me as well is I've invested a lot of money in mindset coaches, business coaches in the last year, which has helped me to realize that I can have them breaks too. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's finding, as you said, what works for you, what your version of balance is, what you, you know boundaries you're comfortable making, and which ones you're you know you're happy to not necessarily you know budge on, but you know which what's what's most important to you and what your priorities are at that time. I think you know in this sort of personal development world or you know the things you see online people are telling you what their boundaries are and what their values are and you know that might be freedom and flexibility of work and all of that kind of stuff and that's amazing that that's you know their values and that's their priorities and so you know they might have firmer boundaries on you know a certain clock off time but you know other people their you know priority at the moment might be growth and might be business and that's just as valid as you know the other the other option and those you know priorities are also allowed to shift and change you know on a seasonal basis or on a year-to-year basis or anything like that you're allowed to you know change your mind and that's what I think the the amazing thing about having a systemized sort of an automated work front um, and automated processes are is that you're allowed you're then able to sort of like have a bit more push and pull and have greater input when you want it and then also pull back when you need to yeah definitely I think that there needs to be resilience in business if it was easy not everyone would do it and I think a lot of people why why isn't it as easy as I want it to be well it's not going to be it's going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done but especially with the systemizing of processes, I always, always say this to my clients. If you step away from your business and you stop making money, you don't have a business. You do have a business. But when you step away from that business and you can't keep providing your service or someone else can't do your tasks, for example, if you got sick for two weeks and someone couldn't do your accounts for you, someone couldn't message your clients for you, what what are you working for? Are you working to, you know, work by yourself and not be able to have breaks and not be able to provide that work-life balance? So it all comes within a push and pull because obviously if you have someone working for you, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but you do have that more leniency. And I think you are right in the growth aspect is my goal at the moment is growth. So I need to sacrifice all the hours that I have and I'm fine with that. And we are going through different phases and I will pull back in a couple of months and then push forward in a couple of months. Um, but it's, it's so different. And I think people compare themselves so much online and it's really, you got to give yourself a break. You've got to realize what you want and then set that goal to what you want and work towards it. And that is something that we will all struggle with as business owners, but you will get there at the end of the day, if you put in the hard work. Definitely, definitely. And I think that is something that, you know, you do such a great job at with, you know, your socials and, and, you know, the, the messaging that you put out there is you are, as you said, really honest about what's involved in business. um, And also wanting to make that process easier and more streamlined for your clients. And I think one of the ways that you've you've done that recently is with the FitBiz course that you have brought out. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what that is, what inspired it, what it involves, all of that good stuff? Yeah. So in FitBiz, 
I quickly realized that finances, people don't want to know about finances. You don't want to think about them. You get really anxious, you put your hands up and you're like, I can't, I can't do this. But at the end of the day, why are you in business to make money? and to live a comfortable life. So you need to learn how to love money. And there's lots of ways of talking about money. Energetics is a big one at the moment in the industry, having the energy of money and not having a scarcity mindset. And definitely that is really, really important. But we identified that operations and finances are two things that people kind of undervalue in business because socials and marketing are such big drivers of a successful business. And so I wanted to pop a course together and I had an accountant reach out to me and ask me um, about the industry, just a little bit of market research. I was like, hey, you want to pop, jump on a call? And she's like, sure. And then we built a 12-week course and I was like, look, I really need to work with an accountant. I won't write anything that I'm not qualified to write. She was like, I'd absolutely love to. That would be amazing. So we put together a 12-week course. And basically what this course is, it's for the starter coach. So for a coach that's just coming into the industry, just got their credentials, your qualifications, becoming a personal trainer, don't have a responsibility to teach how to run a business. So that this is the lead on. So when you join up, we teach you how to get an ABN. We teach you how to set up your bank accounts. We move you into reading business reports. And then we go through everything fundamental to building a business. And the 12 weeks is kind of like a ladder. Once you get to week 10, we teach you about scaling and the actual truth behind scaling and how much money it costs. We break down the cost of insurance and employees and super. And then we finish it off with the ebbs and flows of business with the high periods and the low periods and how to get through them. So it has taken us a really long time to put together. I think it took us around nine months to actually get this course together because obviously the business was growing. Um, but it is a really fantastic, fundamental area of business that's really important and an area that a lot of people ignore. And I think a key statistic in the Australian Bureau of Statistics is finances and record keeping are the top two reasons why businesses shut down. So why wouldn't you want to get over that hump, learn about it and be comfortable with your finances and business. And then you can start focusing on everything else and feel a lot more confident. And I think um, when we wrote the course, obviously I'm not too, I'm good with finances, but not accountant quiz. So I um, I have my accountant speed dial, but Kayla, who I wrote the course is, uh, she runs a business called Flexure Finances. She's on Instagram as well. And um, I was reading what she was writing and my knowledge, I just learned so much from the content when I was editing it. And I said, I, I have the knowledge of running a business. This is going to be life-changing for the clients that don't know the knowledge. So that's really where it came from. And then at the end of the course, we off obviously offer a couple of discounts for our assets areas and our creative areas, but really is just the fundamental knowledge of running a business, the boring stuff, I guess you could say that people really don't want to learn, but the stuff that you need to know. So it's really, really awesome. 12 weeks, self-paced. I love, love, love that premise. You know, as someone who I've been in the industry for a couple of years now, but you know, starting out being like, how the hell do I even get that ABN? Like what, and at what point then once you've started, you need to start applying for, you know, GST and, and all of that kind of tax stuff and, and paying your own super and all of that stuff that you don't think about because you're just thinking, okay, um, I've got my own business. Let me put, make up my Instagram account. Um, and then like try and get new leads and try and market and then like 
do the business sort of side of things. Even, you know, how do I write an invoice? <laughs> Something like that, like all these small things. Because I think too, as you said, um, the within your statistic about how finances and sort of operations is one of the main reasons that businesses fail. I think the I think one of the statistics around um personal trainers in the coaching industry is I think it only has a retention rate of about six to nine months. Yeah. And that comes down to, you know, the fact that it's hard. <laughs> it's harder than people give it credit for with, you know, early mornings with, um, as, as we've talked about, people going into it thinking, okay, amazing, I just get to exercise all day. And they don't think about the fact that it's a business that you need to run and you need to market for and you need to, you know, do accounting with. And then, you know, as you said, people have different relationships with money and putting that completely to one side or holding on to everything and never wanting to invest. And it's sort of teaching people how to operate a successful and streamlined business as opposed to how to just, you know, effectively coach people or prescribe exercises. Um, I think that's amazing what you guys are doing. Thank you. There's a there's a really big area in the course that we focus on pricing services as well. So I know this is a really big one that uh, a a lot of market research does go into pricing your services, but um, it's it's really helped the girls that have done it already. We've had quite a few clients go through it already. And the confidence change when you actually understand the inside of your business is really, really great to see. And it's really important. And I think what the something that we always reflect on in the course itself is as a coach, you get your clients to check in. There's data, macros, calories biofeedback questions, weight and measurements. If they're in a deficit phase, you want them to lose weight and their data is not showing you, you will change the macros and put them on lower macros or put them on higher cardio or create more movement. It's the exact same process in business, but it's flipping the script and understanding that you can flip that script. And that's all we're teaching. And that is what we go off throughout the whole course. We say, well, you're doing this with your clients. This is what you need to do in with your business. If you're doing a check-in with your clients, do a business check-in with yourself and look at your numbers. If you want to make more money, then you need to tweak something somewhere. So it's just flipping that script. And that's something that we do come back, back to all the time. Would you say that this sort of idea of, you know, pricing and um, and service sort of valuation, is that what you find is one of the biggest or key areas or reoccurring questions that coaches come to in your team with? Yeah, definitely. Pricing services, um, investing money, letting go of money and investing it. Um, and have it's a scarcity mindset. I'm sure of it because you don't want to pay someone $500 a week to not see an immediate result. And again, we come back to, well, it's a long-term game and this is what happens. It's the paper towel theory, just like it is in fitness. It takes a long time. Um, but it definitely is because when you're coming into it, you hear all these prices, you hear $60 a week, then you hear $120 a week. And then there's so many subscriptions in the online world. There's so many overheads. You hear people saying that they're making all this money and there's so much confusion around them. And it's really understanding what, energy you're putting into the business, how much time it takes you and how much um, education and experience that you have to price your services, basically. Um, and it is, it's something we get all the time. And with 
it's calls I get on and how should I price this or how should I price that? And there's no guidebook to pricing a service. It's really, really difficult, especially in the online coaching world. And the general ballpark is what the market value is. So what's that coach charging? I'm going to go with them. And I think building out the value in your business is becoming quite a huge thing at the moment. So am I providing enough to charge this month much? So it is it is something that people come to us a lot and there's not one answer for each person. It's very, very different. And it's just, it's the same as the water bottle theory. You'll pay a dollar at Coles, $7 at the airport. It does the same thing. It's just who values it. So that really comes back to your messaging as well and the clients you're bringing on board. And it's all a big puzzle. It all is a big puzzle and aligning the right clients with you to be able to charge what you want to charge for your services. So very, very difficult topic. For sure. I think too, it it is so helpful to have those kind of conversations with other people that have either, you know, experienced it, whether that's other coaches and talking to them about how much they price, you know, their services at and why they price it at that certain way. Um, and then also coming to people like you and your team and talking about how you can maximize a certain amount of value or what the market research is and all of that kind of stuff. And then also being comfortable enough to have those conversations because obviously the coaching industry being sole traders most often as a personal trainer can be quite lonely and quite isolating because you know you're operating by yourself and often you don't necessarily have a team behind you especially to begin with and so how would you know what to say <laughs> um, as a coach how do you know what to start with or or where to even begin when it comes to pricing your services and also I think this is a conversation that Kayla, the founder of AWPT, and I had a couple of episodes ago um, talking about, you know, the self-worth there as well, being a key component of valuing, you know, your services. How much do you think you're worth and how is that a reflection of, you know, your personal development, your um, your personal growth, all of that kind of stuff too. And, and also what your money story is as well um, is a big part, I'm sure, as well. Definitely. And I think imposter syndrome does hit a lot of people. But again, it's the responsibility of the business owner to help. Like you've got to push yourself out of that and move forward because if you get stuck on that, your business is never going to grow. And I always encourage invest money into your business because it's always going to give back to you. Whether an investment is a large sum or a small sum, again, bouncing ideas, a lot of our VAs, have the most incredible relationships with their clients because they just bounce ideas off each other. And then the coach will have an incredible idea that they wouldn't have had before because they have no one to speak to about it. So it's also a sense of community as well. Um, but yeah, it is really, really difficult and invest in yourself, invest in your business to get over these humps. And then you'll be, you'll know exactly what to charge for your value. It's just a matter of moving up and down with your pricing. Would you say that, you know, that that point of investing um, in yourself and in your business and in your growth, both, you know, professionally and, you know, personally, would that be your sort of main tip or takeaway for people in business? Or if not, I suppose, what is your like number one tip if you have one? <laughs> I've got three, really. Number one is obviously systems. Systems are the bread and butter to a business. And 
any business owner that's very, very successful, any mentor will say that systems are the number one thing. Because when you break it down, if you're doing 20 check-ins and you've got 10 minutes of an ineffective system, 20 by 10 is 200 minutes that you're wasting. So that is time that you could put somewhere else. That's energy. Time is money at the end of the day. So outsource that 20 minutes or fix that 20 minutes. Systems are seriously the bread and butter of business. And once you sort them out, you will you will just see growth in your business and it will just happen naturally. The second thing is investing your money and don't be scared to invest your money, but don't be silly. I see a lot of silly advice sometimes where they say, I invested everything in my bank account and I had nothing left. And that's not smart. That's not a smart investment. Invest where you can and invest strategically and incrementally. So if that means you start off with, you know, a $200 guide, start with that and then move towards $1,000. And if you have to drop back down, everything you put into your business is investing into your business. And what a lot of people don't realize as well is investing is staff members. It is upskilling staff members that work with you as well. So providing them with courses to then further grow your business as well. That is spending money on equipment in your business that makes it better. Everything that you're spending and not taking from the business is great. And I think if you're coming into business, you need to expect to not make money for three years because you should be investing all that money back to make it better, especially in app development as well. That's a big one. Um, Investing in a great training app that's actually going to give your clients a great customer experience. Um, Investing in a passive income source as well. Everything will come back to you. And another investment that people make is into your community. And this is something that, again, I always say to clients, but the coaching network is quite small, but quite large at the same time. There's lots of coaches out there, but everyone kind of knows each other in their own little way. Invest in your network and give back to people that work with you because not only are you giving brand awareness, but you're creating connections for yourself, which in favor creates opportunities for yourself. So whether that's a partnership with a clothing brand company or getting an ambassadorship or affiliate marketing opportunities, invest your time into your network too. That is so important. Um, And the last one as well is working through the scarcity mindset. Coaching is a very saturated market and a lot of people know that. But in hindsight, over in Australia, over 18, there's 20 million people. In context, the amount of coaches there are, how much of an opportunity is there for a market with coaches? So looking at it like that and pulling yourself away from your competition, I think is really important. Comparison is the devil and it will, it will do some harm if you don't pull away from it. We've all been stuck there. But understanding that you only know coaches because you follow coaches and that's your network. But if you ask your friend's sister that's not into fitness, hey, do you know where to find a coach? She'll be like, I have no idea where to start because there's such a community out there that don't know about it. So trying to work through that scarcity mindset by understanding that there's loads of work out there. There is so many people taking an interest in health and the wealth of health and investing in coaches and wanting face-to-face PTs for connection because they work from home. So looking at it like that, rather than having a scarcity mindset of no one wants my business, they're my main three tips because I know that they tied me down at the very start. Yeah, I love that, especially that last one. Um, 
obviously as a coach, um, that is something that I've had to work through and continue to work through around, you know, that scarcity mindset and that idea of, you know, personal training or their coaching industry is too saturated. And yeah, I love, I love that point about the fact that, you know, there are so many people in Australia and especially now with online coaching as well, that has provided an even bigger gateway to accessing clients that aren't necessarily just in your area with the face-to-face you've got so much more opportunity now as a trainer and as a coach to work with people both in Australia and overseas. And, you know, I think at the end of the day too, people don't necessarily realize that you don't need a huge, crazy, massive amount of clients to be making money and to be, you know, growing and successful and having, you know, high income um, months and years, you know, you just need to, but that's also part of the systems is, is figuring out, okay, well, how many clients do I need to have? How much do I need to be charging them to make what I want to be making and to be working the amount of time that I want to be working and all of that kind of stuff, which I suppose brings me to my next point, um, to sort of wrap up this chat is, you know, this time of the year, I mean, you've said yourself that you're, you're quite busy. And I'd imagine that's because a lot of coaches um, are taking this time to really think about, okay, what am I doing in 2023? Um, What do I, how do I want to grow? What do I need to change? What do I need to audit? Um, What do you think coaches should be thinking about or planning and implementing to sort of optimize their success in the new year? I think looking at your manual labor, so looking at what you're doing manually and asking people for help if you can automate it, there is a limit of automation. Some some things you need to do manually because you are a personal coach and people want to have you personally contact them. But what level of automation can you have and really looking into that? And what I mean by that is you know, creating templates, having using Zapier and having a trigger to automate an email or having a website set up accurately in order to send out abandoned cart emails to your clients to remind them that you're there, you know, really working on that automation strategy. Another thing as well, and I think it's becoming very apparent in the industry at the moment, we're noticing a little bit of a movement is the experience that your client is having. So actually looking at the apps that you're utilizing and thinking, hey, is this working well as a client? And something again, I recommend to clients doing is set yourself up a client account, log into the app, and see if it's nice to use as a client, the app that you're using. And if it's not, why are you using it? You know, and looking that way and actually doing your research. And that's the same for everything. If your spreadsheet isn't working, if your onboarding system isn't working, looking into other ways to do it. And the only way that you can create a great system is by trialing and erroring systems that don't work. Um, that would be my biggest tip. I do find that it's it's becoming quite big having an incredible client experience because of the competition in the market. Um, And another thing as well, and something that is very um, argued about, not argued about more, people don't want to do it, TikTok. TikTok is becoming huge. And what I say to my clients, and this is a really great little strategy, you like user-generated content is massive. So, what your clients are doing in their days, that's what people want to see. So you could run an incentive for your clients to say, hey, I want 10 seconds of footage once a week. 
the person who does it for eight weeks will get a free PDF. You pull that footage, put a TikTok together, and that's created content for your own profile, not ignoring that. And 10 seconds of your day every day for a week, you've got a day in the life that's snappy, that's quick, and you can put a trending audio on top of it as well. Chatting videos, story time videos, get ready with me videos, they're all becoming very, very popular using the Caption app, not ignoring that platform. It is massive. And we are noticing a huge movement. Everyone can tell that they're analytics are going down on Instagram and it's going up on TikTok. So not ignoring that app. It's very, very important. Yes. No, I love that. We're going to be doing an episode on TikTok in a couple of weeks, which is super exciting because I know like for me and and my sort of marketing strategy, TikTok has become a massive part of that. And I think there's so many different ways that you can utilize the app and utilize the content, as you said, doing incentives with your clients to film their own things, but also using the stuff that they're already filming. So for example, um, if you get your clients to send you check-in videos or form videos and all of that kind of stuff, you can take that content obviously with their permission and edit that together in a TikTok or into a reel or um, the, I know the mic'd up videos are doing really well at the moment where um, you, you know, film you and your client and you sort of put microphones on you because you're there anyway <laughs> and you're doing the work anyway and you're having the conversations anyway. So if you can film it, put it together and take 15 seconds from stuff that you're doing anyway and put that towards extra content, it's so helpful at, you know, brand awareness, personality awareness, you know, and then also pushing your services and your business out to people that wouldn't otherwise find it. Definitely. And personality is so big on TikTok. It it really, Instagram is kind of the polished version of you. At TikTok, you can be yourself. It's so important to just not care about what other people think about you. Because at the end of the day, if you do, you're only stopping your own progress. You're only putting a spanner in the works for yourself. So it's very, very hard. And a lot of people think TikTok is dancing, but it's not. You can put a quote up, go take a video of the beach. You can put a quote up that trends. There's lots of little ideas that you can do. It doesn't have to be extravagant. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many little sort of niches and communities on TikTok that you can sort of find yourself in, find your people, find your clients. Um, and it's just fun to have a play around with it as well. So I, I love that tip to sort of focus on that in the new year, use the time, which I think December in particular for coaches is often a bit quieter because a lot of yeah. their clients are going away, using that time to, you know, train yourself and make that content. Um, and then also using that time to talk to people like you guys um, and, you know, have a real think about, okay, what systems need improving thinking too about you know what systems work for you as a client if you have a coach what kind of stuff do you like using what kind of you know systems do you appreciate and figuring out how you can incorporate that into your business and whether or not you need help doing so and then using that time to reach out to the people that can help you yeah ask your clients they're going to give you the knowledge that you need ask them what what's not working and yeah get on the call with them and say it's really really important to my business what's not working and if they say yeah. it and it's a it, it's popular and the, there's more I don't like this than I like that, change it. And that's the best thing that you can do. Listen to your clients. They're, they are the reason that you have a business. It's very, very important. But there's something you touched on there as well. And it's people coach the coaching industry dies off in December. And 
I think next year is really important to reflect on what you did in December and what you can change. So a lot of the, at the moment, we're getting a lot of clients coming through for January, February, because they're saying, okay, I want to be part of this passive income project because come next year, I want to have a maintenance income on that project. So some of my clients can let go. So actually reflecting and creating a strategy for the next year as well is something that business owners should be focusing on. Amazing. I think that is the perfect way to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for coming on here today. I think there are so many golden nuggets um, in this episode for coaches when it comes to you know what it takes to run a business, what it takes to grow a business, and also you know, how they can do those things on a tactical level and on a strategic level. So thank you so much for jumping on today. Um, Where can people find you and find your business moving forward? So you'll find us on Instagram, mostly at MA Services. Uh, It's E-M-A-Y, confuses some people. (laughs) We have multiple Instagram pages, but they are tagged in the main account. Uh, And you can find us on TikTok at It's MA Services as well. We are launching a new TikTok strategy next year, which will be education videos by me. So that's definitely one to watch. Amazing. And I will link all of that in the show notes, um, as well as your website and um, any of the courses that we mentioned in this episode, like the Fitbiz um, and everything like that. So I just wanted to give you the floor if you wanted to chat about anything else that you're launching in the new year. Um, go ahead. <laughs> well, we've only really got the passive income project launching which is the fifth division um we're building out the back end of apps to create a passive income source for uh, coaches very much like our key messaging it will take you all of five hours to give to us and then we do the rest of the work it is an incredible app we're working with my strength book we're launching in january february and it is going to be absolutely amazing you can sign up clients It's completely passive. They get access to multiple different programs and the app is completely customized as well. You can change the colors, you can change the branding, formatting, anything that you need. So that would be my little thing to leave off on today. It's very, very exciting. And obviously the Fitbiz course, if you are looking for that little bit of extra education, it is a golden nugget of a course. It's very incredible and a lot of work has been put into it. Amazing. As I said, I will put all of that in the show notes for everybody today. But otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the AWPT podcast, and we will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.